who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by those stripes ye are healed. That was First Peter 2.24. Welcome back to another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Tom. What's going on, Tom? Not a whole lot, man. It's just, it's been a good day. It really has, right? Yeah. We're we're recording this a little out of out of uh, our usual schedule. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday, but it's been a really good day. It's definitely, it's great to, you know, you're in a service and you, you know the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. there, right? Um, such a great day, but... Um, I don't know what was going on with our with our song service this morning either, man, but whoo, tore up. Oh, for sure. And then the message after that, and it was like, oh, who knew? Yeah. Oh, come the altar always gets me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we switched that one to last. Yeah. Know, it always gets me. But but no, yeah, great day. Um, we, we wanted to have another episode here, um, kind of in our testimony, you know, collection if you will yeah. uh, um we we tend to tend to like to reach out to primarily our church members to see if there's any anybody who would be willing and, and able to come on and share their testimony and i think from what we've seen from our analytics and from our feedback um you guys really like those kind of episodes and you guys resonate with those episodes mm-hmm. and we uh, we want to continue to put out put out that kind of content but here in, in third chair this week um we have uh roger smith um one of our deacons and uh one of our uh, most I think valuable church members. He's yeah. best shirt game in the world too. He's wearing a <laughs> wearing a shirt today that has a, a cross on it, and uh, some of the best shirts in the game. And a good verse. There you go. There you go. Well, how's it going, Roger? Going great. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. Happy Have a great to, day. Yeah, happy to have you on. Thank you. And so, people who don't go to our church and don't know, Roger also looks exactly like you would imagine Santa Claus. He does. Look, he does. Which is super cool. It is. I'm loving it. So like even <laughs> like even the shirts that you wear, Roger, I'm always like, yeah, if if Santa were in like Hawaii or even if Santa were like a Christian, like he would wear the shirts that Roger wears. Oh, that, Santa that makes, on vacation. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> all, all the little little kids had heads turn everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's Santa. But uh, he does. He does look, look yeah. a lot like Santa. That's what I'm working toward in my life is to be able to look like Santa. With you the got 20 more years. I know. <laughs> yeah. You, you look like the... Uh, the younger Santa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hair on top doesn't matter. Yeah, you can, always, you can always put a hat on. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you never see Santa's real hair. <laughs> nah. So, just the beard. But, uh, yeah, no, we wanted to get into the testimony of, of Roger here. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. I never really know how to transition it to, here you go, start start talking. Well, right? so, but, it's, but it's definitely yeah. something that um, I think that you guys will benefit from. And, and um, I think... A lot of our members can relate. Yeah, and w- one of the key reasons why we wanted to have you on, Roger, is because your your testimony, and I'm not going to tell any of the testimony, but I want to set people up for for why specifically we would have you on, is um, you were saved later in life, like didn't grow up in church, things like that, and you'll get into the details of that. But now a deacon at Lake Worth, like God uses people from all walks of life. He uses people in church leadership positions later on in life that, people you would look and and you know if you would have known them in the past like he's a he's a church deacon yeah that's called the transformation of a new life that's how that works um so he shared roger shared some of his story with us before and it's on just this a little bit that he shared was really powerful but i'm looking forward to hearing even more about it today so 
Um, the start of Rogers Live. There it's all me. So, so as Tom alluded to, I didn't grow up in church. My family was not a in, in any way a church family. Um, my father was in the Air Force and was never around. He was, uh, matter of fact, he was in Greenland whenever I was born mm-hmm. and couldn't get leave uh, from the Air Force to, to come home whenever I was born. At least that's what my mother told me. I don't know. I don't remember that day, but, you know. Uh, but the whole time growing up, it was a, a single mother home, single parent household. And, and it's, uh, it, was, it was challenging. I know a lot of people say how difficult their life was, but for me it wasn't difficult because that was the norm. That was the way I knew. It was a single mother household. And uh, I grew up as a young kid that, that got into trouble. And, you know, there were key points in, in my childhood that that are burned into my memory. Like, for example, whenever I was two, I vividly remember the house that we lived in whenever I was two years old. And we only lived in it for like six months. It was a rental house. Yeah. But it was a big two-story house. And there was something about that house that, that scared me. And, and I remember it to this day. Whenever Shar and I were getting married, we drove to that house and it was for sale. It was, it was a condemned house and we tried yeah. to buy it but couldn't. But anyway, that's another story. It has nothing to do with my testimony. It's just a weird thing that I remember. And and then later, uh, the the one day that is burned into my mind was President Kennedy's assassination. Mm-hmm. Neither one of y'all were born at that time. No, nope, that is true. Nineteen sixty-two. I was three years old. Whenever he was assassinated, and I remember vividly my mother and I walking down to River Oaks Boulevard, watching the parade, get back to the house. My brothers were in school, and we le- had left the TV on. Yes, we had a TV in my house. Because he was in Fort Worth. He was in Fort right Worth. Right before going to Dallas. That's correct. That's, so you saw he f- that. He flew from Carswell to, to Love Field. Interesting. Yeah, and so we saw him parade by, went back to the house, and they were announcing on TV on the news that he had just been shot. And that... As a three-year-old, yeah. I still remember that yeah. to this day. It was mm. very vivid memories. That's weird because that's one of like the times that I am just enamored with historically. Like I'm just, it's one of those things that's always fascinated me. Yeah, we lived like two blocks from River Oaks Boulevard where the parade went. Wow. Proud, proud wow. Proud wow. Proud that's super crazy. interesting. But, so like, yeah, so one of your like earliest that. memories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so things like that get burned in your mind. Even as a child, you remember those things. And then growing up, uh, I remember going through... Uh, junior high, and, and we had changed schools. Although I was in the Air Force, we didn't move because my father was stationed somewhere else. We moved because house to house where my mother could afford to rent. So, okay. you know, it was a little different because my father, like I say, he was never around. He wasn't in the picture at all. And they wound up divorcing whenever I was like in the third grade and um, and my mother remarried and, and all that neat stuff. I had a stepfather that raised me from the third grade on, which he was a a good man in my, because he was a okay. large influence in my life. But the one thing we have to think about as parents, and now that I'm now in a grandparent stage, the one thing we have to think about as parents is the influence that we're putting on our children. Mm-hmm. Because mine was a ungodly influence. Uh, my home home was a home of smoking and drinking and uh, country and western music and and not that that in itself is bad, but the influence that we're putting on our kids is what we have to think about. Yeah, that was and the only influence you had. That was you're the only, the only yeah. thing I knew. Yeah. And so I grew up with that, and naturally, that's what I went into as, as whenever I moved into adulthood. And uh, uh, 
I remember I remember one time in the in the, it was in the third grade. Uh, my brother was a sixth grader. He was playing football, and we had a house fire. And it he was driving. <laughs> not to talk about my mother in a negative manner, but we my brother and I were at home alone. Sixth grader and a third grader. Mm-hmm. You couldn't imagine doing that today. Yeah, different times. <laughs> well, it was different times <laughs> back then, right? Very different times. I feel like kids were more responsible back then because, like, we didn't shelter okay. them as much. Maybe. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't know. Like, they were they were going deer hunting. That's okay. where they were at. And we were home alone, and the house caught fire mm. in the middle of the night. Uh, my, my brother and I woke up to, to crack popping sound, loud popping sound, mm. and went in the bathroom. My brother was drying his football uniform. And uh, the wall of the bathroom was on fire. I remember looking at that, and it was up to the ceiling. Of course, I had we had to run back to the bedroom, get clothes on, yeah. and go back by the fire. By then, it was spread out to the hallway. Get out front, and I mean, wow, it was another one of those burned in my mind. I was third grader, uh, but growing up, I was kind of a rough kid. I wasn't disrespectful because I I had a respect for elders, for teachers, for people in positions of authority. I had a respect for them. Excuse me. I had a respect for them. But to me, that respect was, what can I get away with and not get caught? Because mm. I didn't want them to catch me doing wrong. So a lot of that was... Um, how far can I go? How far can I push things? Right. And not there, get there was a board. motive behind it. Yeah. But I can tell you that that I, I think that's another mistake that we make as parents. We we discipline our kids for what they get caught for. Mm. We don't teach them not to do wrong. We teach mm. them not to get caught. Very reactionary. Yes. Exactly. Rather than uh, proactive. So, yeah. so I learned growing up. And, and I know this wasn't the intent of my, my mother or my stepfather, but I learned growing up, it's okay to do whatever you don't get caught doing. Mm. It's okay if you get away with it. And even as an adult, it's it's easy to think, because, I mean, how many times do we speed down the highway? Well, I haven't got caught yet. Yeah. So it's good, right? I'm, I'm, I'm good. It's not, it's, on a, it's not illegal if you don't get caught. <laughs> but then you can expand that to other things. Right. Stealing from a grocery store. Stealing from... Somebody else borrowing something from somebody, you know, as long as I don't get caught, it's not bad, is it? Yeah. So we got, we have to be, to me, in my mind, we have to be careful how we teach our kids uh, growing up. Do what you know is right because you know it's right. That's good. Yeah, that's um, one of the things I would say that I probably failed I think on, it's a flaw yeah, all I, I, for I, all it's, it's a flaw for all parents but yeah. like again like looking back if I could have instilled in my kids a little bit more do right because you know it's right not because if you don't I'm gonna find out um man some of the heartaches I could have saved my oh, kids like absolutely. I don't even care about saving myself yeah. the heartaches right yeah. like the heartaches I could have saved yep. my kids yeah um that's a really good point that's good but then growing up uh, so we get into high school and um I'm I'm the kid that uh, I'm, I'm the jock. I love football. I play basketball, <laughs> <laughs> and and I was a track. I was a, a pretty decent athlete in track, and I, I thought I was pretty decent in football too. But um, we get into high school, and uh, uh, Char and I start dating. 
in high school. I didn't meet her till my sophomore year. And um, uh, my junior year, my stepfather came down with lupus. He was diagnosed with lupus, okay. which is a disease that attacks your organs. It's a, it's mm-hmm. cancer, right. form of cancer. And uh, he was medically retired my at the beginning of my junior year of high school. And so my mother and father sat down with me and said, you know, you, you can either start figuring out other ways or you can uh, go your senior year to broadest East Texas because they had a place down in East Texas on Sam Rayburn Lake. And so my choice was either to uh, go my senior year to East Texas or finish school early. And so I chose to finish school early. I did not want to go to Broadus uh, my senior year. I mean, I was, uh, I, I love sports and everything else, but I had to give up all sports. So my junior year, there was no sports involved. It was uh, focused on graduating early. Wow. And Char was a big asset to that. And so I wound up graduating early, um, January, uh, excuse me, May of 77, we graduated high school and Char, was I, Char and I was not planning at that point to to go further as far as getting married, but uh, uh, things changed. My mother and stepfather was moving to East Texas. I was gonna be up here, well, my brother was around. He was gonna, uh, at first the plan was to stay with him, but uh, he was married too, so. Uh, so Char and I decided to get married. Graduated in May, end of May of 77, and got married July 9th, 1977. Oh, wow, uh, very, very quick. Now. Keep in mind. How old were you at this point? I was 17. So I was young enough that my mother had to sign for me to get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but they were very supportive. Um, Mm. But keep in mind, we're not Christians. We, whenever things go wrong in our life, we have no one to turn to except one another at this point. So, Mm. um, so we were married. I was 17. She's 18. We, I was making decisions that were best for me. And uh, by the end of that year, um, I was, now, I was always providing for her. I was always working, earning money. Of course, back then it was, what, $2 an hour or something, <laughs> you know. Um, I had the, I got into this sales program and started selling uh, photography programs for, for newlywed couples or new parents, or as the third category was LIS, living in sin. Couples living together; those were identified as part of the wow. part of our uh, um, uh, targets to reach out to. So I was going out. Got and, I was going out <laughs> selling these programs. Yeah. And uh, uh, the company I was working for decided they wanted to start a new area down in Houston. And so Char and I decided to move in Houston. Got married in July. December we're moving to Houston. Wow. Her family hated me. <laughs> but we did it. We, we moved to Houston in December of 77. We lived there for until uh, 79. We lived there for two years. Okay. Uh, in December of 79, by then, I, we had gone through financial troubles, struggles, struggles, uh, some pretty serious struggles. Uh, had a car repoed. I mean, we were, we were, <laughs> uh, we were struggling. Yeah. Uh, so I got a job at a fireplace shop in Houston, selling fireplaces in Houston. Now, that makes sense, doesn't it? Logical. But it, it was the great fireplace shop. Worked there, got a job there. I was working there by in 78, worked there through uh, 79. And uh, Char was working for JCPenney's at the candy counter. I think it's JCPenney's. Oh, One wow. of those stores down there, Sears, 
one of those stores down there at the candy counter. There so, you go. That's she so she got cool. an autographed picture with Joe Sambito because he there was one of the pictures <laughs> from Houston. But um, but we were hanging on to one another because that's all we had. Huh. And uh, uh, by uh, December of '79, um, it was time to move back. We had put together enough money we could move back to Fort Worth. We were, my boss at the time uh, convinced me to wait till January. Uh, after fire fireplace season, so I stayed till New Year's Day, and on New Year's Day we were we I had a '69 Chevy pickup, well it was my stepfather's actually, and a flatbed trailer with my car pulled up on the flatbed trailer, and we had it piled up with furniture. I felt like the Beverly Hillbillies heading <laughs> wow. up to Fort Worth, and, cool. and we moved back to Fort Worth in January. And uh, I he I mean I got a good bonus from the job that I was working at because he made me uh, a promise that if I stayed until January, he would do certain things. And so I got a pretty nice little uh, bonus whenever I left. Of course, I wasn't smart with it. Um, (laughs) I uh, come up here, lined up a job, took off for a month. We went went traveling for a month and uh, went to Colorado, went to Florida, you know, some different things. Anyway, um, to move Hmm. on with uh, life, my life, after that, we um, we always had our struggles because I was I was a drinker, and it's not like I was um, addicted to alcohol. I would drink on weekends, you know. I was more of a social drinker, but my problem with alcohol is whenever I would start drinking, I didn't I didn't have a good concept of moderation. So when to stop? Uh, yeah. Whenever I started drinking, I would drink like water. Okay. Uh, one example was we went to a Super Bowl party with my boss in Houston, and uh, he took us to a bar. He had friends that owned a bar that were air traffic controllers. Uh-huh. And uh, during the Super Bowl, which was Dallas and Pittsburgh, uh, they had two for one. So I had four drinks in front of me at all time. And, and I drank at that time, I think it was well earned water, or, you know, one of the, it was pretty hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, four of them constantly in front of me. Everything from halftime on is a blank wow. to this day. <laughs> I don't remember the second half of that game. And I'm a Cowboys fan. So but anyway, uh, so I was not a good moderation drinker, uh, unfortunately. That was to my detriment. Uh, and and the language that I used at that time was went along with everything else. You know, I mean, it was it was pretty, pretty rough. OK, so we we moved back to Fort Worth. Um, I continued on with my same lifestyle because for me, life was all about me. I was the center of our life. Mm. Not her, not anything else but me. So I lived for me. Well, we had, then we had uh, Sarah. We had her first child and um, I did what I thought was right to raise her. And then a few years later, we have our second child and, and then we started having some troubles because I was living for me. Although I had a wife and two kids, I was living for me. So we started having our troubles. And we went through a time, a period of time where, where we did separate for a little while uh, because of me. And after a few months of separation, I was, I, something got my attention. And I realized, one day I realized that I had to make a decision. Was I willing to sacrifice what I had built to that point? And of course, remember, this is all about me, what I've done. 
was I willing to sacrifice what I had built, a wife and two kids, <laughs> no money, but, you know, wife and two kids, and throw it all away. And that day I realized that I had to make a change in my life. So I went back to her and asked for her forgiveness and said, you know, we're going to make this right. It was still about me. But she said that we'll give it another go. So we, we, we were able to work things out. Of course, it took a lot of commitment on my part. But the one thing I learned at that stage in life and through that event is that for a marriage to work, it takes both a commitment from both parties to make that marriage work. Because I, I realized at that point, whenever I decided that I wanted our marriage to work, I went back to her, asked her to forgive me, asked her to take me back, and it took a commitment from her too. And yeah. together, we were able to work our marriage out and get back together, and <laughs> here we are. 46 years later, and we're wow. still together. Amen. Amen. But yeah. uh, So anyway, we went through that. Now, for, as far as church to, in my life to this point, at this point I was around 27 or so, something like that. Uh, church to me at that point was all about weddings and funerals, and that was the only purpose of church. It was the only reason for church to okay. see people get married. And, and I did go to see my nephews get baptized once. I remember that. But, um, but then in on Easter Sunday in 1990, my brother invited us to church. That wasn't the first time he invited us to church, but it was the first time that I said yes. And I, I don't know why, to this day, I don't know why I said yes. It wasn't for me, it was for them, you know, to please them. But anyway, Easter Sunday of 1990, he invited us to church. They were going to a little Pentecostal church here in Lake Worth. And Shar uh, and I go, uh, showed up, went to church, sat through services that morning, and I listened, I couldn't tell you what the preacher preached, but I, I remember listening to the service and sitting, and at the end of the service, got up, thank you, walked out. And that afternoon, Char and I was talking over lunch, and I said, we need to go back to that church. I said, I don't know why, I don't know what it is, we need to go back. And so that evening, we go back, sat and listened to the service again, and that evening, God touched my heart. I went forward and was saved. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that day that I was saved. And the reason I know it is because from that day forward, no desire for alcohol, no taste for alcohol. My language changed instantly. No more. Now, I'm not going to say that I've never cussed since, but I am very conscious of what I say, very yeah. aware of what I say. And I don't think I have, but um, the thoughts in my head are different. Yeah. They changed that day. Heart change. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a change from inside out. So how long after you and Char had gotten back together was was this as far as timeline-wise? It was a couple of years. But, you know, I can look back. Now that I look back as a saved man, look back on our life before I was saved, and I can see God's hand in our life all the way yeah. through. Now, of course, at the time, I didn't see it that way. Right. right. Well, I was but just looking back. I know that God brought yeah. us back together. I know that God saved our marriage. I know that God affected our lives, well, even as a that's sinner. That's what I was going to bring up. You know, I, it sounds like just from what I've heard so far is this has been the theme of every testimony. God <laughs> can still use an individual when they think they're as far as they can get from Him. But it definitely seems like you know 
Christ used Shar to oh, walk, yeah. help you through school, right? right. Um, when you weren't turning to him yet, but you still had somebody, right? Right? That you, you, you know, how, how worse, how bad would it have been if you wouldn't have had Shar, right? Who knows? Oh, I can I, I can remember some from some uh, um, family that we've lost to death. Even whenever I was a kid, whenever I was uh, I was probably 12, 13 years old, and I had a nephew that was three mm-hmm. that uh, we got a call one day that he had drowned mm-hmm. down on Lake Livingston. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that was devastating for a 12-year-old because, I mean, I, I had babysitting him, watched him, loved the kid. And uh, that was devastating to hear that he had drowned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to, as a 13-year-old, to deal with that kind of loss, especially with no Savior, that, that was tough. Uh, I remember whenever my stepfather died. I was I was 19. I'd only been married a couple of years, 19 years old. The 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 man that that was the greatest influence in my life growing up, and all of a sudden he was gone, and I had no one to turn to. My yeah. wife and and my mother was the only two. So, yeah, uh, yeah difficult times. Looking back, man, if I would have known Christ then, what a difference that would have made in my life. But. And, you know, I had nothing else. It, it makes me think, too, like how many unsaved people out there in the world, God works in their lives unbeknownst to them, and they just don't know who to they give don't see credit. It. They don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's really the Holy Spirit, because he, he says that, like, that uh, all creation testifies to him, it, right? Of him, we, yes. It, yeah, of him. And we're his creation. Mm-hmm. Like the things that happens in our lives sometimes, even as unsaved people, it, they're blind to it, but the entire time he's like, no, this is me. This is like, why, why, why can't you see it's me? And so for you, when, um, when you, it came to the point where you were at that church, like, man, that must've been like looking back on how things unfolded now, like leading up to that. It's, it's insane. And, and you know, the only thing he asked for us is praise. Yeah. Yep. He wants our praise. And yet, he does so many things for us through our life, mm-hmm. even before we're saved, and we don't recognize him. Yeah. And that well. I think that's what hurts. Yeah. Because, I mean, you just think whenever you do something, and, and uh, comparing us to God is not real. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> but but from put it to put it in a personal perspective, if you do something for somebody else, if you do something for anyone, and they just turn around like nothing ever happened, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts whenever they don't recognize that. Thank you for, for mm-hmm. doing that. And that's all God asked for. Thank you for, thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for working in my life. That's all he asked for. Yeah. But then, so, so we were in this church and, and I'm the kind of guy, if, if, if I get into something, I want to go all in. And so whenever we, whenever we join this church, this little Pentecostal church, uh, they were in the middle of a building building program, <laughs> so we I was over there weekends during the week and helping with construction and doing work. Uh, we got into teaching Sunday school. Actually, Char was teaching Sunday school. She was teaching the fourth and fifth, no fifth and sixth graders, and uh, she was teaching them for a few years. And then she got pregnant. Here comes Becca. <laughs> a blessing from God. Although we had no intention of having a third child, she was a blessing from God. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got pregnant with Becca and, and um, I started teaching her Sunday school class. Now, so I taught that Sunday school class for a couple of years. We were there from 
90 until about 97. Becca was born in 92. So I've taught that Sunday school class for about four years. And um, God started working our life again. And God works in some ways that we don't understand at the time. That's all I can say. Because Char was drawn away from that church. And I couldn't understand why. I was beside myself. So for a period of time, and this was probably a few months, it wasn't like it was years, a few months, she was going to other churches, visiting other churches, and and I am stubborn when it comes to change. I don't like change. Once I get into something, I'm there. I'm committed to it. And so we were in this church, or I was in this church still, and she was going to other churches. Now, remember, we have three other children. Yeah. Becca was always with her because Becca was pretty young, but the other two, they would go back and forth. That's weird. And uh, it was. And after a little while, finally God spoke to me, and he, he said, and, and I know it wasn't an audible voice, but he clearly told me that I was wrong, and I need to get my family right. I need to get my family in order. Now, what, did, what he didn't tell me was, you need to get your wife back in church with you. He said, y'all need to find a church. Mm. Huh. Now, That's... being in a Pentecostal church, Baptist churches are wrong. Because yeah. how can you once saved and always be saved? Because you sin after you're saved. How can you maintain your salvation? Which is a bad concept. Yeah, I didn't realize that at the time. I mean... The Pentecostal church was all I knew because that was the first mm. church I was part of. And I'm I'm, gonna, I'm already a middle-aged guy trying to learn to be religious, to be a Christian. Yeah. Wasn't a question about my salvation, but it was a question about the teaching. Uh-huh. So yeah. can I ask a, a sure. question real quick on teaching the Sunday school class? Mm. Um, so obviously y'all were new Christians, mm-hmm. but... Yet this church like plugged you in immediately. Well, was, I mean, not immediately, but, years, but I mean, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. but service, right? Right. Um, now, one of the things that that I've heard from other people is that teaching Sunday school when you haven't grown up in church is one of the biggest learning experiences you can go through as a new Christian. That is very true. Okay. So I was, I was going to say like, did, did you find that to be true? Cause I mean, you didn't have the groundwork of like Moses and. So, so to, to elaborate on that a little bit for me, teaching Sunday school was teaching me yeah, because these, so cool. these, these, uh, Bible stories that you teach the little ones in Sunday school, uh-huh. I was learning. Yeah, How I mean, awesome yeah, that? I had That's watched, so cool, I had watched Davy and Goliath, you know, on TV. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, you probably don't know Davy and Goliath. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend yeah, like I know that Davy and Goliath. But, but I'd watched that, so I had a little bit of exposure. But mm-hmm. it was through animation on TV. Yeah. But now I'm teaching these Sunday school lessons right out of the Bible. I'm going. Oh wow, this is pretty cool. And so <laughs> Moses in the burning yeah, bush, mind right. blown, right? That's right. <laughs> so, so I was teaching these Sunday school lessons not just to these kids, but to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But of course, that in a Pentecostal church, you also teach about speaking in tongues and other things that that I struggled with. Yeah. And that was one of the things. That was one of the way God drew us out of that church mm-hmm. is because there were some things that I could not grasp conceptually that just didn't make sense. That the church was teaching, and it didn't align with the scripture. 
Right. Well, yeah, especially so, since you're teaching those basic exactly. fundamentals of scripture, right? Well, like I kind of have to read this in. I can't read it out of it. That's right. <laughs> so, so we started, we sat down together as a family. Now, of course we have a, let's see, this was in 97. So Sarah was about 15. Amy was, is that right? Yeah. Amy was 13, 12, 13, and Becca would have been about five. So we had three little girls. Big spread. Yeah. And Shara and I, and so we sat down at the table one day. Becca wasn't part of the discussion, of course. She was too young. <laughs> we talked about, I told them, I said, we need to find a church that we can go to and worship as a family. We need to find a church with a good youth youth program because we had kids in youth yeah. or going into youth and a good Sunday school program and a church that feeds our family. I felt like was the most important things yeah. for us. So I, so I told our two older daughters and my wife, and we, we made a checklist. Now, of course, I don't know that this is the right way to search for a church, but I said, these are the priorities. It needs to be close to home because I don't want distance to become a reason not to participate in activities at the church. Uh, it, needs to, it needs to have a good Sunday school program. I mean, a good uh, youth program. It needs to have a it needs to speak to us. It needs to be for yeah. us. And of course, Baptist Church was out of the question because of the teaching that yeah, I had been yeah. it had been but, ingrained in my mind for the seven years. But but that's still a good, like it's, that's still a good. I think something to embrace, right? Like, hey, we these are my core beliefs, yep. mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold these churches to my core beliefs. Um, I mean, I think that's probably the way any anybody should do it. It's and it's it's. It's really cool to me that like people who have been in church for a while wouldn't like I know that haven't approached looking at a different church because God is leading them in a different direction from that kind of organized and principled manner. Right. Like, like, well, we'll just go visit places and see if it feels right. You know what I mean? The fact that you as, as young a Christian as you were, right. That y'all as a family had the wherewithal and the knowledge and the unique perspective to sit down and be like, no, like if we're, if we're looking for another church, if God is leading us to another church, these are the things that are going to be important in our lives. And like, especially to have the foresight to sit and say, I don't, want distance to become an excuse for us not to be involved like the the fact that y'all sat down as a family and prioritize thing that prioritize things that way is so far beyond like what some people who have been in church their whole lives would come up with that's just insane I'll, i'll say this tom um my grandfather who's now with the lord um that's something he departed to my father and now to me as like i remember him saying this all the time he was like, you want to first, as far as like how close it is to the house, your church, and then, and then work. You always move closer to your church, not to work mm-hmm. because it's hard sometimes to get to church, especially when you have kids. It's not easy. You don't always feel like getting up and going to church, um, even if you're plugged in. But you'll find a way to go to work. <laughs> but you'll find a way to go to yeah. work. And you need to value church just as much as work if not more right um, i would say actually more yeah, yeah. and more. having it closer it, you have no excuse yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember him saying that it was one of his one of his tenets but yeah i mean to, to develop that method right that early in you know in your walk with the lord um 
I mean, it's impressive. It's, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. The 37-year-old babe in Christ. There you go. <laughs> Super cool. There you go. But the, the interesting thing was whenever we started looking for churches, every church we visited for some reason was a Baptist church. So you think the Lord was working in my heart? No, <laughs> no. couldn't have been that. <laughs> so anyway, we visited several churches around the area, and and uh, we we wound up visiting Metropolitan, and and at that time, Brother Larry Atkinson was the pastor there, and uh, the love and care that he showed us, yeah, was just incredible. And uh, we didn't immediately decide to go there. We visited some other churches, and but we kept going back there. F- very friendly atmosphere, very loving atmosphere. And uh, we came forward one day at that church. We didn't know what it meant to join a church. I mean, whenever we joined the, the other church, it was just, you remember now, okay. And so we, we come forward one day and uh, uh, talk to him. We're interested in joining the church. And he goes, okay, well, let's sit and talk. We'll, we'll have a meeting. And uh, so he, Shar and I went to his start having a Bible study with him. Yeah. And he goes, you know, the, f- the first thing we need to understand is, is salvation. Are you saved? He, I said, yeah, I'm saved. He goes, give me your testimony. So I sit down and I go, okay, well, here's what happened. Okay, we, we got that resolved. You're saved, no doubt. It's obvious. Have you been baptized? Oh, well, yeah, I've been baptized. Have you been scripturally baptized? Well, what do you mean? So we go through the he he goes through the uh, baptism and, and teaching on baptism and everything and I said I guess I haven't been scripturally baptized because wasn't a it wasn't I wasn't baptized into the church. Oh yeah okay yeah yeah I was a, baptized it, for being baptized yeah baptized to be baptized I got wet yeah yeah I wasn't yeah. baptized into a church right mm-hmm. right. So, and and there, so, there are actually Baptist churches that do that too. Like they'll baptize somebody, but it doesn't immediately put them into the membership yeah, of the church because there's membership. like, yeah, right. it's it's a separate thing. Um, huh, that's interesting. So he said huh. and taught, taught on baptism. And so finally we realized we need to be baptized. So, you know, we made it, hmm. made plans, got baptized into the church there at Metropolitan. Um, after a few years, started serving in the church and because uh, – we were going through a building program there. They were they were remodeling the offices down by the gym. So it's funny, every church I go to, oh, a building program. Oh, boy. All right. It's almost like uh, <laughs> yeah. God knows your strong suits and <laughs> how to apply you in a church. I guess so. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, eventually I started teaching. Um, at first it was, you know, subbing here and there. And uh, he planted me. They needed a college and career class. They didn't have one at the time. So uh, Brother Larry sat down and talked to me about teaching college and career. And, of course, we were starting up a class because they didn't have one at that time. And, um, wow, God grew me in that class. Wow. Um, hey, to deal, me, Dealing with young adults that are, that are just coming into their own kind of thoughts, that God grew you in that? That's so amazing. And using someone who's never been to college yeah. to teach college and career kids. Oh, now, of course— cool. All these kids aren't going to college, but yeah. still, they're at that age. And uh, so, and I'm only, at the time, I was, what, 50, 20 years older than them? Not, I wasn't mm. that far ahead of them. But, but anyway, it was a, that, was a, that was a learning experience. And man, did I have fun. God really blessed me in that class to sit and teach them and to learn and to grow with them. And, and the things that we got to do. 
it, the Lord allowed me to do. Uh, we took we would go on ski trips every year. Of course, that started a couple of years after the class started, but uh, uh, we went on on ski trips every year, and and uh, we would have activities with. Uh, Occasionally, we'd have activities, activities with the other churches. We didn't always get along with other churches for some reason, but that's another story. Um, but I, I want to go back to ski trips. I want to. Where where was this class at? Can I go? Can oh, I go man. to that class now? <laughs> so, that's so, so cool. picture this. I was forty. The first time I went snow skiing. Okay. And uh, I learned how to snow ski when I was forty, and it was. I went to ski school, which was awesome because that's where I learned to plow and to take it how to make sure you don't get too much speed going but then the second day the the guy that that uh, from uh, the other church the leader of the other church that took us now the first year that we went we had one kid from in my class we had two kids in the class one of them went snow skiing Shar and I and, and uh, the one young lady went snow skiing with this other church in their college and career class well, the second day of skiing, the guy said, follow me. I've learned not to follow people whenever they tell you that. <laughs> and so we we're go going this, down the Black Diamond Trail. Let's go. <laughs> we went to this one trail and he goes, and it curves off to the right. And I said, oh, that doesn't look too bad. So I go, and it curves off the right. And whenever it curves off the right, my right ski hit a bump. And it went out from under me and my knee went directly into the packed snow. Ooh. It was not a pretty sight. Mm. I was... I hurt as I tumbled, and oh, uh, anyway, a year later I had uh, my uh, my knee scoped and cleaned up some cartilage, and uh, a month after that I was snow skiing again. So there you go. Because I told the doctor, I said, "Look, I'm going skiing in January. Would you go?" I said, "What would you do? Would you have the surgery now or after?" He goes, "I would rather go skiing on a good sore leg than a bad leg." I said, "That makes sense." Okay. Okay. So that's <laughs> what we did. Anyway. God really blessed me in that class. I mean, awesome. it, I had an awesome time teaching, and and uh, uh, I, to go back and relive those memories is just exciting to me. And I know Brother Travis, uh, he he became the teacher of that class as I stepped down, and and things progressed. But anyway, after we had been there, we'd been there about thirteen years in twenty ten. Um, God started working on my heart again about change, uh, time for a change. Uh -huh. And there were some other events going on at the church there that uh, helped me realize that. And, and so one day I go into Brother Larry's office and I told him, I said, look, I said, uh, you know, there's, there's some things here that God's calling me away from this church. And we had a good heart-to-heart -heart talk and uh, wasn't an easy discussion by no means. And uh, uh, because I... Uh, I was serving that church in multiple capacities. Uh, I was a deacon uh, off and on because we elected deacons every year there, a little different. Um, and Brother Larry was a dear, dear friend of mine. Uh, the last thing I wanted to do was to do anything that would hurt him. But there were some things going on that the uh, Lord told me that I need to move. And I sat down with him and told him, I said, you know, it's time for me to go. Mm -hmm. I said, I need to find another church that I can serve in. And so we talked about it. That was on a Saturday. And I told him we wouldn't, you know, my family wouldn't be here in the morning. And he he understood. And uh, um, we, we left that church and started visiting churches again. Now at this time, 
The other two are grown. See, this was 2010, so Becca was graduating high school that year. Okay. Um, and the other two are grown and, and married, and, and uh, that's an interesting story, too, uh, the marriage of my kids. Um, um, but, it, but anyway, uh, the Lord is calling us out of that church. We, so it was really Shar and I's decision on, on where to go because Becca was already visiting over here because her boyfriend was here. Michael Bennett. Oh, okay. So, yep. so she was already over here and here, here at Lake Worth Baptist. Yeah, right? here at Lake yeah, Worth yeah, Baptist. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we were we were actually in the youth group shortly. Yep. I was I'm a little bit younger, but as they were exiting the youth yeah. group, I was, yeah. you know, entering so, high school. So well, she was already spending a lot of time. Real, real quick, sorry, I don't mean to stop her back up something, but I just listening to it, I, I thought it was I thought it's been really cool so far. Like you needed the foundational stuff that you didn't get when you were younger, right? Mm -hmm. So God put you in a church where you were teaching younger kids, right? And then as you matured through that teaching, right, God moves you to a church where you're teaching people right at what would typically be the midway through their Christian life, right? Yep. And you being older, but also at that same point, like the experiences of like teaching that level of Christian that you needed because you were kind of, I mean, I would oh, imagine yeah. you were kind of there yourself as well, right? Yeah. That's that's just super cool, like how the Lord was like kind of, he moved you through those little paths in your life to get you the education and the knowledge that you needed for that specific point in your Christian life. It's so cool how he does that. Although I was considered the teacher of those classes, yeah. I was the student. Yeah, man. So much. I mean, it was good, It man. was more of an impact on my I think it was more of an impact on my life than it was on theirs, although yeah. I know it was an impact on their life, too, mm -hmm. which was which was awesome. Uh, but anyway, mm, we, we yeah. moved over here and, and uh, well, we visited several churches before we moved here because it was it felt kind of weird moving from one church in Lake Worth to another church in Lake Worth. So we thought, eh, you know, anyway, we, we visited several churches and, and uh, Brother Jerry was still the pastor whenever we visited here and. The church was so friendly, and the other churches that we visited in the area were just obviously not right for us, not a good fit mm -hmm. for us. And and this one just felt like the right place that God wanted us. Mm -hmm. um, and how, and how I know you, it's not always on feeling. Yeah. How did you hear about Lake Worth coming from Metropolitan? Um, how did I hear about Lake Worth Baptist Church? Or I mean, I knew it was here. Yeah, because we're kind of sister churches, yeah, right? So yeah. there's, there is an acute awareness that we exist, yeah, so it yeah, wasn't yeah. just... Hey, this one's down the street. Yeah. You know, we'll give it a shot. And I don't know. I, I don't think I could. Well, other than Michael and Becca were dating. And so I guess little, from little that aspect, there. there was a little yeah. connection. So Makes sense. and we knew some of the people here, too. So gotcha. But yeah, I mean, after visiting, we, we God convinced me in my heart that this is where we need to be. And so here we are. 13 years later and we're still here and yeah. you know my, my service to this church is it's exactly that it's how can I serve this church that's mm. that is my attitude and, it, and I think that should be every church member's attitude yeah how can I serve my church what can I do for my church today to bring honor to God and uh, um, you know the whenever the, the transition from Brother Jerry to, to Brother Zach was just, that was an incredible transition. I think it was handled so gracefully. I think Brother Jerry did such a fantastic job of, of setting that up. And just the spirit within the church was, uh, uh, it was God. I mean, there, there was no doubt. 
that watching that transition and i'm i'm always kind of skeptical on on change because i'm not Mm -hmm. i'm not a (laughs) i don't can i I, i've struggled with change uh and but that transition was handled so well it was it was obviously god-led oh absolutely with with without a shadow of doubt in my mind that that god was in every step of that well, yeah, you talk. We talked about earlier when, when we started about God filling this this place, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and that that time. I mean, it was you could tell, right? The Holy Spirit was working within this church, and um, yeah, I mean, hats off to Brother Jerry, right? For because we were talking about this a few weeks ago in our in our men's Bible study of, you know, I I haven't been to many churches, um, but I I just wasn't aware of any other church doing it like that right or engaging in that kind of handoff um come to learn that's pretty rare yeah um, but from, I th- but from I think everything a, i've heard it is yeah, yeah i think it was handled very well i agree with you but, but then i can look in on uh um you know just the growth that that has been that has happened in char and in my marriage um you know listening to, to the way you talked about it this afternoon mm-hmm. um how God has changed me in that growth because, you know, whenever we first got married, it, w- it was all about me. Um, then whenever I got saved, it's no longer about me anymore. It's yeah. about Christ. Right. But Char wasn't, I still didn't have an understanding of how to treat her as a wife. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was a new Christian. That took years to develop. Now, although the drinking changed instantly, the language changed instantly, the, 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 and one of the reasons for the language changing instantly was I realized how much of an embarrassment I was to my kids. Mm. Yeah. God that opened my powerful. eyes to that. And uh, so I realized that the things that I said, I was teaching my kids. Mm. And do I want my kids to learn that from me? They already hear it from the world, right? But I was of the world up until that point, yeah. and that change was immediate and instant. But there were changes in my life that needed to happen that wasn't so immediate. The way I treated Char, the way I treated others, the 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 um, the compassion and care that I should have for others, it wasn't there yet. But it was things that that was developed in my life over the years. I haven't arrived. Don't get me wrong. I've, I know I haven't arrived. But I also know that my relationship with Char is stronger than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. My respect for her, it's different than it's ever been. Even whenever we were first married. Of course, she was the love of my life whenever we were first married. Doesn't compare to today. Today, I couldn't imagine my life without her. And we still go through our struggles. We still have our hard times, but it's not because of what we've done to each other. It's because of things in life. Right. She she has her health issues that we have to deal with uh, from time to time. Now she's doing. Don't get me wrong. She's doing great this year. I mean, her health has been been very good this year, but it hadn't been that way every year. There's been years where um, I've had to take care of her in ways that. I could never imagine myself doing. But, you know, God gives us the strength Amen. when we need it. Yeah. It's not before we need it. 
It's not after we need it. It's when we need it. Because I've had to do things for her that I, <laughs> earlier in our marriage, no, we'll, somebody else can take care of that. I'm not doing that. But, you know, there's been situations that, that I've had to take care of. But it's only because of the grace of God that I was able to do it. And I thank God every day for giving me that grace and that compassion and that care for her to make sure that she's cared for. And, you know, the, that change that he has made in my life has made her a better wife towards me because we haven't always got along. But the one thing that he teaches, if we listen, if we read his word carefully, he teaches the man's responsibility as a husband. He teaches the wife to love the husband, but he teaches the husband to care for the wife. How can we expect our wife to love us if we don't care for him properly? Yeah. And he teaches us that's the responsibility of the man. And when you do that, that's when the wife will love you. Yeah. And <laughs> I can tell you, our marriage is a testimony to that because she has learned to love me more because of the way that I care for her now. She didn't love me as much as she does today because of the way I cared for her before. It's a, it's a, yeah. been a dramatic change. And it's a change that's happened over the 46 years of marriage. It's a change that's happened over the last 33 years of being, a, being saved. It's a change that's gradual. It didn't happen overnight. But uh, I can look back on it today and go, man, if these young people could learn those concepts when they're young and not wait till they're 30 or 40 years old. <laughs> it's so difficult. Like, it, it's, it's almost like we feel like we've got these better ideas. And, well, it's not almost. That's exactly what it is, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's that self-grandization that we ha somehow have it figured out more than God does. And you're right, like right there in his word, like, wives, respect your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Because he, he knew from the beginning what was going to be important to yeah. us because that's how he made us. And so he specifically gives us that instruction. And, I mean, to your point, like, if we would just follow that instruction, man... If, if, hus if as husbands we would learn to practice loving our wives more than we love anything for us, it's then it doesn't become difficult right. for our wives to have that respect for us and to love That's us. Right. It's That's just right. it becomes just a natural reciprocation. Right. Well, we we are worthy of that from her. Mm -hmm. Right. We we have shown her that we're aligned with Christ's prescription for this. Yeah. And we become honorable enough to deserve that from her yeah. right it's yeah. it's a back and forth yeah. thing it a lot of people get those verses sideways but, mm -hmm. but right. the thing we can't do is only care and respect her because she loves us right yeah we do that because god tells us that's right. the way to do right. it right from the ultimate example we earn that love mm -hmm. from her right by the way we care for her right and uh man that's that's something that it took me Long time to learn that, but you know, I struggle with it every day. <laughs> well, I know I haven't arrived. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, none of no, us it's, it's and, it, and it's something that we will right as long as we're still in this flesh. We'll we'll still have instances in our life where we Absolutely. fail at that. Um, I, Roger, one of the things I think you, uh, that you said that I thought was really key to um, 
what I've come to know about you uh, here at this church was just uh, and that our responsibility as members is to serve the church. That's right. Because I think a lot of people in, to, in today's culture, in today's climate, look at church and immediately think to themselves, what can I get out of church? Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, how can church serve Benefit me? me. Yep. Yep. Um, but and, and, and one of the reasons... Um, I know that we as a church ha- had selected you and ordained you as one of our deacons is because you really kind of, um, and this isn't like me trying to like grandize you or anything like that. It's just the, the way that the Holy Spirit works through you makes it obvious that your goal here, because of how you you allow yourself to be led by Christ, is to really serve your church. And as as Christians and as church members, man, if we could get a hold of that concept of just how that ask yourself that question right how can you serve your church uh it, it doesn't matter what age you are uh, you can be a, a small little baby christian that's eight years old that's 12 years old right or you can be a small little baby christian that's 30 years old that's right, right. That's right. Um, if you're if you continually ask yourself that question uh man Imagine what the face of our churches oh, would look like today right. if we if, if, if everybody us, if everybody were servants. Yeah, yeah, that's really you know, good. The, the one other thought I have the the one thing that that the one verse that that kind of helps me um, because and, and this is out of Psalms and and it's David that wrote it and, oh, well, and we know Psalms. David's life was I mean David was a man after God's own heart right but, it was but we know that David was messy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we and and whenever I look at this this verse, it's not about what um, it's not about David thinking of himself as perfect, mm-hmm. but it's about David wanting to make sure his attention was focused on God, even whenever he fell back, yeah. even whenever he fell away, he wanted to try to pull, allow God to pull him back to him. But in, in Psalms 19, verse 14, he says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Yeah. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. David knew it wasn't about him. Yep. He knew that without God, without the Lord, he had no strength and yeah. he had no redeemer. So he wanted to make sure that everything that he thought and said was God honoring. And that's the way I want to live my life. I want to make sure that I can't look back at my past and say my life has been God-honoring because I know there's a lot about my past that wasn't. But what I want to be able to do is look at my life going forward and make sure that as I live for God, that I want to do my best to make sure everything I think and say is God-honoring. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be. That doesn't mean that I'm going to live life perfectly from this point forward. But what that means is whenever I start drifting away, whenever things start going wrong, I can say, wait a minute. Is everything I'm thinking and saying God honoring? And I can help myself get back on track with God's strength. Wow. That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. It's really good. Being able to find scripture like that and, and really look and say, what, is, what am I doing 
profitable? Is it God honoring? Um, and if it's not making the change, right? right. We, we talked about That's it. Right. Yeah. You talked about it. You know, Paul uses the word kill it, right? He says yeah. to murder what is holding you back from Christ. Um, and to be able to identify that, you know, in your life, I mean, it's, it's a crucial step. Well, wow. Praise God. Yeah, every time we do these testimony episodes, man, I'm like, I start getting choked up, and I'm like, man, God is good. So good. Um, Where do we go from here? Yeah. Yeah. Roger, just a real pleasure having you on, man. Like, thanks for um, just kind of being intimate with us like that and just kind of letting us get to know you a little better. It's been a real privilege. Just, man. I don't even know what else to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we definitely thank you for your time. And I took time away from a Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, spend more time up here at church. But, uh, you know, what a better like, place to be, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Such such an honor to have you on. Um, but, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from uh, our listeners. We'd love to yeah. hear from you. If, if you have any questions, um, any anything about what we what we ever talk about, we'd love to yeah. clarify, engage with you. Um, you know, we'd definitely love to... Um, to reach back out. Yeah. And if you have a testimony that you'd, li- you'd like to share with us, um, no matter what it is, we'd love to hear that. Uh, it's all about uh, giving God the praise. You can send us that, or you can ask us questions at podcast at lakeworthbaptist.org. Um, or you can drop us a line on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And don't forget, if you listen to the podcast, like and share. Uh, every single time you like, every single time you share, it's an opportunity to send the gospel out to someone else who hasn't heard it yet or who hasn't heard it now. Um, so we, we would love to hear from you in that way and to just kind of get in people's lives a little bit more. Truth. Tom, truth. Yeah. Well, hey, we, we thank you. Thank you again, Roger, for being on. Um, this has been another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. We'll be back next week. Stay safe, everybody. Have a